attention to a very familiar passage, the 100th Psalm, Psalm 100. Hallelujah. I'm reading from the ESV version, the English Standard Version. Whatever version you have, I ask that you follow along. Amen. Psalm 100 in its entirety, entirety, and it begins as follows. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. If I may take for a title on this afternoon, simply a psalm of thanksgiving. A psalm of thanksgiving. Let us pray. Precious and all wise God, we give your name the glory, the praise, and the honor. And Lord, we are thankful once again for another day, Lord, that you have allowed us to see where we can declare your goodness, where we can declare your awesomeness, where we can declare your glory here on this earth. We are thankful, precious Lord, for you continue to show yourself mighty and strong. And we are thankful, Lord, for your word. For you told us that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And we are so grateful, precious Lord, that you are the true and living God. And through your word, Lord, you reveal yourself more and more of who you are and your character to us, Lord, so that our faith isn't blind, Lord, but we can look in your word and we can find assurance. We can find hope. We can have peace because your word is true. So even now, Lord, we are grateful for this opportunity that we have come together to receive of your word, to hear your word, to study your word, to have to hope in your word. And Lord, our prayer on this afternoon is, is that thoughts or opinions will not be declared but let truth be declared. Let your word be declared. Let your promises be declared. Let your goodness be declared. Let nothing be declared that is against your word, but let you shine forth, let you shine through. Lord, we give your name all of the praise all the glory, and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, here we are again, saints. 
Another year has gone by and that we are drawing closer to the end of the year. And here we find ourselves in the midst of another holiday season. This week, we'll be celebrating Thanksgiving. Many families around the nation will be gathering together, feasting, some feasting a little more than others, but looking to come together and find reasons why they are grateful for this past year. But unfortunately for many, this holiday season is not a time of celebration. You see, there are many as they reflect on their lives, they find sadness, they find grief. You know, some when they reflect, they reflect on loss of this year, loss of loved ones, loss of friendships, loss of things, loss of hope. Others, they dwell on the misses, as in missed opportunities, missed relationships, mistakes and missteps. And for many others, this was the year of not enough. There wasn't enough food. There wasn't enough money. There wasn't enough help. There wasn't enough family. There wasn't enough friends. And yes, for many, holidays, the holiday season can be a tough time because they reflect on their lives and they wish that certain aspects would be different, certain aspects would be better, certain aspects would be changed. Especially when one looks at their life and compares it against a portrait that the world and society paint that says that if you fit into this mold, you fit into this box, then surely you have a reason to be happy. Surely you have a reason to find joy. In other words, for you truly to be joyous and thankful, you need to have accumulated much during this year. Friends and money or whatever it may be, something tangible. If you can see it and you have accumulated accumulated it, then you have reason to celebrate. For you truly to have hope, everything has to have gone your way. This had to be the year of good fortune. The promotion you wanted, you got. That relationship you wanted, you got. That, 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 that great big house or that fancy new car you wanted, you got. Everything seemed to go your way. And it's when we view things through that lens that society and the world present, truly we find that it's hard to find a measure of joy and a measure of hope. But see, we the church, that's not the lens that we view through, that we look through. Uh, we don't look to those tangible things because our joy, our hope, our thankfulness, it doesn't rest in these tangible things. But our hope, our joy, and our thankfulness, it rests on the invisible, yet all-powerful, sovereign God through Christ Jesus. You see, we have a right now hope that directs us through the unknown obstacles of this world. Because we know how our story ends. 
1 John 3 and 2 through 3 says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and we will, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. You see, it's through that lens that we can declare like Paul did in Philippians 4 and 12. I know how to be, how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In, any, in every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And then he continues on and says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Meaning I can face those tough times and I can deal with the good times because through it all, I know that it's Jesus Christ who strengthens me so I can have hope. No matter what the situation is, I could give thanks because I have that right now hope and I'm looking to that future hope. You see, when we look at the things of this world, those things come and go. Money comes and goes. Great big houses and land comes and goes. Friends come and go. But Isaiah 40 and 8 says the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands, will stand forever. So that even when in an unchanging world, in a, in a changing world, we have an unchanging word. And that word is the word of God. Amen. So if his word does not change, we have reason to hope in a very changing world. So that we find when friends leave us, when family forsakes us, when we feel like we are all alone, we can look to his word and find strength and courage. As Deuteronomy 31 and 6 says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. That's something as we, the church, we can celebrate. Because as we have received his salvation, that gift of salvation, and the Holy Spirit dwells within us, we know that he is with us now, so he did not leave us and will not and cannot leave us. Amen. And we know that he will never forsake us, but he will guide us because he will guide us through. And then and when he returns, he will be ever with us and we ever will be with him. And then as we look at ourselves, these bodies that we're in, these aches and pains that we deal with, the hurts that are associated with it, and even after the holiday season, some of us may look and hate our bodies even more because of how we may take liberties with certain things. Second Corinthians 5, 1 through 2 says, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. 
So for the believer in Jesus Christ, who has turned from the world and turned to Christ Jesus in saving faith, we can, as it states in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You see, the world and society and the enemy, they'll try to choke us out from believing and focusing on these things. They will rather have us focus on the right now, Mm. on how we feel, on how we hurt, on the ills and, and, and the hurts and the lack that we may be going through, rather than focusing that we are right now blessed in Jesus Christ and that we will forever be blessed in Christ Jesus. When we look at Psalm 100 and we think about the children of Israel, the people of Israel, such can be said for for what they were going through at that time. You see, they were God's chosen people. Yet because of their sin and their lust, they kept turning away from God and they turned to themselves. So God gave them over to their own desires. He allowed the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom to be conquered and taken into captivity by the Assyrians and the Babylonians. Time of despair, time of uncertainty. But yet for some, those who continue to keep their faith, some like the writer of this psalm, they looked rather not at their, at their current circumstances, but they looked to God in hope and declared that there was reason to give thanks mm. unto the Lord. When we look at this psalm, there's no author that's attributed to it. One thing we do know is that in many translations, the inscription for this particular psalm is a psalm of thanksgiving or a psalm for giving thanks. This psalm was declaring thankfulness for a future hope that the people would not yet experience in their lifetime, the people of Israel. But we now as believers in Christ Jesus... We have experienced a present hope and we will and we can thank God that we will also experience a future hope. So we can give thanks to him for what he has done by saving us in the right now. And we we can give thanks for what he will do when he returns again. So we have reason to give God thanks. So when we look at this psalm, when we look at Psalm 100, we see that. It's a very short psalm, only five verses. In the first four verses, there are seven actions for those who hope in Christ. Seven commands given in how we are to offer worship, praise, and thanksgiving to God. And then we see in that last verse, there are three reasons. Just three reasons. But three great reasons why we worship, we praise, and we give thanksgiving unto God. Mm. You see, the first command that he gives us is make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Many of us know this scripture well. Many of you at some point in time may have been invited or solicited to join a church choir or a praise team and you said no I can't because I can't sing I'll stay in the pew and make a joyful noise Mm -hmm. from there but we see that there is a command that's given to us to make 
a joyful noise to the Lord. That it doesn't matter our sound, it doesn't matter our harmony, but there's something that's working on the inside that expresses itself on the outside. That we express it in joy. And it's not with our what we can see tangibly, but it's what we know on the inside. That we serve the true and living God. And that he is triumphant. You see, when we think about making a joyful noise to the Lord, we can equate it to the great inaugurations that we here have here in the United States when we inaugurate a new president. They block off blocks and streets and neighborhoods miles around and people come and gather and here they come riding in their, their victory parade waving and the, the people are out there cheering in throngs because they have the leader that they elected. But we know how that goes, right? You may, a certain portion of our country may elect a leader that the rest of the country doesn't necessarily agree with. But here we are celebrating because we serve the true king who is triumphant, that has victory in all things. So we can make a joyful noise even right now because we know that even right now in our current circumstances, situations or issues that we have victory because the things that we may be going through right now. Yes, they may hurt our flesh, but at the end, we know we win because we serve the true and living God. So we can make a joyful noise to the Lord. You know, I think about. The Gospel of Luke and many others, when Jesus Christ was riding on that colt and they were throwing down their coats, they were waving the leaves, saying Hosanna, saying Hallelujah. They were praising God because they saw the living Savior riding in and they were declaring victory and they may not even in their natural minds have understood what it all meant. They may have thought it to be victory right now, but it was victor. It, it was from, from then on until now we see that we have victory in Christ Jesus. How do we have victory in Christ Jesus? You see, we were dead in the trespasses of our sins. We deserve the wrath of of God. We deserved eternal damnation. But because of him, because of his sacrifice, giving himself as that perfect sacrifice for our sin so that we can be uh, redeemed and reconciled back to him. Because of that sacrifice, because of the shedding of his blood, because of him dying on the cross, for all those that believe, we can have that eternal security. We have salvation. Amen, Our souls are saved from wrath because of him, because of what he done, what he did. We can celebrate because even in his death, he didn't stay dead. Amen. But he rose again with all power, power over sin, power over the grave. He rose with victory. And because he is victorious, those that believe in him have victory.
So we can make a joyful noise to the Lord. We can celebrate Jesus Christ. We can rejoice just in that fact alone. That yes, I should receive the wrath of God. But now I have given, I've been forgiven. Not because of anything I could or would do, but all because he made himself the perfect sacrifice. I have reason to rejoice. And then I have reason to rejoice because I know that these sufferings of this present time, of this present time, are not worthy to be compared to the glory that we will see in Jesus Christ. That I can praise God right now and rejoice because right now I am saved. But in the future, when he comes, when he returns, that one that I held that held on for so long to see, I can rejoice because I'll see him as he is. So we can make a joyful noise. We could express ourselves, saints. We can say hallelujah. We can say hosanna in the highest. Or when the praises are being sung, we can join in. And it doesn't matter if we're off key. It doesn't matter if we don't have any rhythm. It doesn't matter if we can't keep the beat. We can make a joyful noise because we serve the true and living God. So we do these things with joy. And then the second command he gives us is serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. It doesn't say because I'm glad I serve the Lord. You see, that's how the world will spin things around. That's why we have things such as the prosperity gospel. Because it's, we dictate how we feel on how we should respond to God. But the word of God right here tells us to serve the Lord with gladness. You think about serving the Lord, that's an act of our worship. You see, we praise God, we know that, we praise God for the great things that he's done. But when we worship God, you know, the, 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 the layman's uh, explanation says we worship God for who he is. But really, when you think about worship, we left to our own devices and we look through the scripture and we know all too well we will serve ourselves. On, we will look to please ourselves. Yes. So what we're saying is the worship is that we are denying ourselves and we are worshiping the one who is true, the one who is faithful, the one who is good, the one who is greater than I am. I am not great. In me is nothing great. In me, in myself is nothing good. But I turn my attention, my affections to the one who is truly good. I serve God. I serve the Lord. And then when I think about all of those things, I do it with gladness. I do it with joy. Because I recognize that I have uh, 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 that such a great, uh, 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 not responsibility, but such a great privilege has been afforded to me that I could serve the true and living God, that I could allow him 
to use me for his glory. The true and living God, the all-powerful God, the great and mighty God, that, oh, I could serve him. John 12, 26 says, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Ephesians 6, starting at verse 5, says, Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ Jesus, not by the way of our our service as people pleasers, but as bond servers of Christ Jesus, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man. You see, our lives have been given, should be given in total sacrifice to do the will of God. Not based on how we feel, because we know feelings come and feelings go. But we do this in knowing who we serve. So when we look at a scripture like Romans 12 and 1 that says that we, uh, by the mercies of God, that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy uh, uh, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual worship. That's how we worship God in serving him. And we do it with gladness. And then the third command we have is to come into his presence. And don't just come any kind of way, but come once again with a joyful expression. And that joyful expression is through singing. Praise God that we can come into his presence. James 4 and 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double minded. We don't come into his presence any kind of way. But we come into his presence once again with a reverence, with an expression of joy. When we gather together here as a congregation and we're singing praises, we're looking to get our hearts and and get our hearts and uh, uh, bring our hearts into subject into captivity so that we can come into the presence of God. So that all of the cares of the world would not be our affection or our attention, but all of our cares and our focus will be placed on Jesus Christ, our Lord. We do that when we're in our quiet time and in our meditation, when we go to him in prayer, when we're studying, when we're looking to study and get revelation from the word of God. We're looking to silence our hearts. We're looking to silence all of those issues and cares that try to burden our mind and all of those difficulties that we may face. And we look to silence those things so that we can come into his presence and hear what thus saith the Lord. And he says to do it with singing. Once again, we talk about making a joyful noise. We can do it with singing. It is so, uh, uh, it just blows my mind when you look through the word of God and you see all of the scriptures that talk about come to the Lord with singing. Sing a new song to the Lord. Uh, 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 Lift up your voices to the Lord. All of the scriptures that tell us to, to worship him and to praise him in song. 
once again because there's something on the inside that should work on the in, on the outside that says I want to declare His goodness and I can do it through song. Amen. Whether or not uh, uh, I, 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 I sing like Natasha, mm. whether or not I drop bars like Rick, on, doesn't matter how I express it, but that expression is there Amen. because we recognize who He is. And then that gets us to the fourth command. Know. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You see, we can go through all of those motions we could sing the great songs. We could make the loud shouts and proclamations. We can do all of the service and the work here in the congregation or serving one another. But if we're not doing, doing it with the knowledge that, that he is Lord, then all of that is in vain. But rather, because we know that he is the Lord, that he is God, that's why we make a joyful noise. That's why we come into his presence with singing. That's why we serve him with gladness, because we know who he is. Come on, he is God. He has revealed himself to us mm. so we can bless his wonderful and holy name. Galatians 4, 8 through 9 says, Formerly when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not God's. But now that you have come to know God, or rather, to be known by God, hallelujah, how can you turn your back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world? Weak and worthless. Come on now. Hmm. Whose slaves you want to be once more. In other words, we have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. So why would we want to condition our minds to go back to the things of the world. Why would, come on, man, you preaching already. How could we condition ourselves to serve things and to serve the, the things of God rather than God himself? We know that God is good. We know that he has all power. We know that he is mighty and strong. That's who we need. Come on, brother. That God is greater than we can or ever will be. He's greater than these governments. He's greater than these people in power. He's greater than anything. These people in power, they come and go. We ourselves, we come and go. But God is in, in authority and he reigns and he is in power forever. And it's he that made us and we are his. Genesis 1 and 26, God declared, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. We're all image bearers. We, we as the church, we, we declare that even in, in it's funny, people that even don't believe in God, they'll declare that, right? Mm -hmm. 
they'll, they'll, they'll look at that scripture and say, uh, yeah, God created us in his likeness and an image. And they'll look to elevate themselves. But the creation cannot elevate itself greater than the creator. At the end of the day, the creator is the one that knows us, knows our, our, uh, our weaknesses, knows our hurts. It's that creator that knows how we can be restored, how we can be fixed. Mm. It's that creator that wants to be in canon because he knows us and all of our failings and all of our weaknesses. It's because he knew us and he knows us that he knew the type of savior that we needed Preach, to be God. redeemed. Preach. Because he created us mm. and we are his. Mm. And we are his because we are his church. We have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. First Peter 2 and 9 says we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are his. We are his church. It is only because of the work that he done, that he has done. We couldn't do it on our own. So that's why we are his. That's why we serve him with gladness. That's why we make a joyful noise. That's why we look to come into his presence. Because we are his. And we recognize that we are the people of his pasture because he is the good shepherd. First John 10 and 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And then a little verse, a little down low in verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. So he being the good shepherd. We see what he did for his sheep. He laid down his life for his sheep, for us, so that we could follow him and trust in him. You think about that sheep shepherd relationship, how he how he tells them to go and they go, how he can tell them to stop and they stop, how they can how they depend on the shepherd for their protection, for their care. For their for their for for the shepherd to be their source. Mm. And that's what we do. That's what we should do. Mm. Because we know that it's once again, if we look to trust in our own selves, I can't I'll speak for myself. I know when I trust in myself and my own resources, I mess things up. So I have to look to the one who is greater than I. That one who created us. That one who knows us and that one who looked down and who saw through time and said that that one is going to be my child. That one is going to be my son. That one is going to be my daughter. Romans tells us, starting at verse 28, for those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. 
And then it says a little further that those he predestined, he called and those he called, he justified and those who he justified. He also will glorify. This is the God that we serve. This is the God who created us. This is the God who we belong to. That's who we should know. Because he first knew us. And then he continues a little further. And he gives us more commands. He says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. That is such a blessing. Because you think about in the Old Testament, couldn't just anybody or anything come into the gates or the courts of the temple of the true and living God? If you were unclean, you could not come into, his, you could not enter his gates or come into his courts. There was a certain particular type of people that could enter into the gates, that could enter into the courts to offer sacrifice. And even themselves, they had to make sure that they were in right standing. If anything unclean looked to enter into his gates, into his courts, we saw what would happen. People died because the unholiness and holiness did not mix. A holy God requires holiness. A holy God requires a holy sacrifice. Amen. And we see that it was through themselves and through those works, they themselves could not make themselves or keep themselves holy. Mm. But thanks be to God because of Christ Jesus. Hebrews 10, starting at 19, says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence, to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith Without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Mm. Only because of Christ Jesus and his sacrifice, he is now inviting us to come into his presence and not just come into his presence, but we can have a true and a true intimate relationship with him that we can draw close to him Amen. so that we could enter into his his gates giving him thanks that we could enter into his courts and giving and giving him praise. It's only because of his sacrifice that we can draw close to him. We could not do it in ourselves, in our own works, in our own, in our own strength or in our own power. But because he gave himself, we can come into his presence. We can have relationship with him. We can draw near, as the scripture says, with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Because our hearts have been sprinkled clean. All because of the blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And it's because of that we can give thanks, which is the next command. 
Give thanks. Ephesians 5 and 20 says, Give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Give thanks. We have reason to be grateful. We have reason to offer thanksgiving to God. As we are seeing all of these things that he has done for us. As we recognize him in his goodness, we can give him praise. We can give him honor. We can show gratefulness unto him. Because we're not looking at ourselves and our despair. We're not looking at ourselves and our hurts and our failings. But we're looking unto him and we see hope. We see, we see peace. We see, we see strength. We see joy all in him. So we can give thanks. And then we recognize that it's all in him that we are not alone. That he is the one that, as Proverbs says, as Proverbs tells us, there is a friend that is closer than a brother. He is that one. He is the one that, that doesn't leave us and forsake, never forsakes us. He is that one that is with us to the very end of, these, of this age. We can give thanks because we have a hope right now and we have a future hope. We, are, we have hope right now. We have, we, have a, 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 we have hope right now because of the sacrifice that he, has, that he partook for, for us. And we have that future hope that we are going to see him as he is. So we give him thanks. Amen. But then he doesn't just stop there and say give thanks. He says bless his name. He continues on by saying, bless his name. And that makes you wonder how can we bless his name? You see, when God blesses us, we, we recognize when God blesses us. He blessed us when he saved us. He blessed us when he called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, God, when he blesses us, we, we, we see he does it because he's giving something to us that we did not have or we cannot do in our own selves. He blessed us with salvation. That's a blessing. He blesses us with strength. He blesses us with peace. Those are things that he's given us. Even that measure of faith that we have, we couldn't have it on our own. He gave us that measure of faith. He blessed us with that measure of faith. All that we have, he gave to us. So how can we bless him when he has everything, when he created all of this? When he's the one in total control, how can we, this measly little creation, a worm such as I, as the hymn said, how can we bless him? How can we bless his name? We bless him by just giving him the thanks that he rightfully deserves. We bless him by honoring him in his word. That's how we bless him. Once again, something on the inside works on the outside. We bless him by doing things that glorify him in his name and not our own. We bless him by showing and declaring the love that he has given us in Christ Jesus by sharing that love with one another. That's how we bless his name. We bless him by declaring the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That same gospel that saved us from damnation, that saved us from wrath, that saved us from sin. That same gospel that we, that we have received, that we share it with someone else in word, in action, and in deed. That's how we bless his name. We just bless his name. It's so funny. We bless him and bless his name by putting into action and operation the very things that he has given us. He gave us the gospel. 
We share the gospel. He gives us love. We share love. He encourages us. We encourage others. And then we are thankful. We're grateful. That's how we bless his name. We see all of these commands that he gives us. He, he gives us the what we should do, how we should do. But then we see in that last verse, he gives us the why. He says, for the Lord is good for his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. This verse alone is countercultural to what society will tell you and what society will teach us and tell you for the reason to be thankful. This is not about things that we can see. This is not about even how we feel. This is declaring who God is. This is the reason why we are thankful even now in this season and that we should be thankful each and every day because the Lord is good. Amen. We think about that. That's these things are his character. These things are his nature. At no point in time can the Lord ever cease from being good. He always is, always has been, and forever will be good. Amen. And we thank God that his goodness, that he, he didn't have to, but he shares and he expresses his goodness to his people so that we can recognize and so that we can declare to others by, by blessing his name that he is good. Romans 8.28 says that for those who love God, all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. All things work together for good. You see, many times when we look at that, we once again focus on those tangible things, those things that we can handle. But we know that those things that are working for good are the things that are unseen because those are the things that are God. Those are the things that are the most important mm -hmm. salvation. I can't have I can't handle salvation in my hands, mm. but I know that salvation is something that only that don't, only God could give that worked for my eternal good. That it does not matter how I feel, what I'm going through, that that none of those things can separate me from being in his presence one day so that that so in, if, if God doesn't do anything else the greatest thing that he has done for me to show his goodness is that he saved me from myself that he saved me from my sin that he saved me from his wrath that he's shown that he is good Amen. and then Psalm 23 and 6 we know it surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever because he's good, his goodness will follow me, his mercy shall follow me as long as I live. That is a reason why we should be thankful. Imagine how excited you get when your boss blesses you with a little bonus that you'll probably run through in about a week. Or a promotion that he can take away from you. But then just think about it when we when we the goodness that the creator, that the master, that the one who spoke all of this into existence, God himself, the one who has all power and the one who saved you, that his goodness will follow you each and every day. That's a reason to give thanks unto God. Once again, oh, taste and see that the Lord 
is good. Blessed is the man who finds his refuge in him. And when we see that, when we, exp- when we recognize that, 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 that he is good, we also see that his steadfast love endures forever. Lamentations 3.22 says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. That steadfast love, that firmly loyal, constant love, that never changing, unchanging, faithful love. His love doesn't change. His love doesn't stop. That's that's what we when we when we talk about agape love. That's what that is. That agape love is faithful and committed to us regardless of our actions. His love is faithful and it doesn't change. People will change their love or love for you at the drop of a hat, at the drop of a pen, at the drop of a dime. People's love for us will change. But the love of God, the true and the true I am, the great I am, the true and living God, his love doesn't change. That's the reason why we should be thankful. When we look at love. First Corinthians 13, four through eight says love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. That's God. That's that agape stead fast love that he has for us. That's a reason for us to give thanks. The steadfast love of the Lord, it doesn't cease. And then he tells us that he is faithful. It says, for the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. The God that we serve, he is faithful. Lamentations, once again, chapter 3, starting at verse 22, but we're going to read it all the way to 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God is always faithful to perform his word. He is always faithful to do what he says. Isaiah tells us that the word of the Lord will not return unto him empty, but his word will accomplish where it is sent. We serve a faithful God. If he says he has saved you, then you are saved. If he says that he does love you, then you are loved. Mm. If he says that he is able to keep you, then you are kept. If he says that you can be strong in him and in the power of his might, then consider that you are strong and powerful only because of him. If he says that he is able to keep that which has been committed to him against that day, consider it done and committed. If he says that he will keep you from falling, then consider it done that you will never fall. Because you are in the safest place that you can ever be. You are in the hands of the true and living God. So when we read his word and we study his word and we 
reconcile his promises. It's not promises like we could do to ourselves. I can make a promise to you. Yeah. Yeah. Doug, I'm, I'm going to give you a, a G tomorrow. Just meet me at such and such a place and you'll come there and I won't be there because I broke my promise because I'm I'm a man. I'm blood. I'm destined to, to fail. But if God promises you that you will have eternal life, he's not going to all of a sudden take that away. He says, if you believe I'm going to give you eternal life, then guess what? You have eternal life so that you can hope and you can trust and you can believe and that you can have faith that what he has promised you, surely it will come to pass. And even though the world will say, don't look at that. Look at what you're going through right now. You can say, no, enemy, you are a liar because I will trust in the word of God. I will trust and hope in him. I will trust and believe in him. And he says that he is faithful and just to keep that which has been committed to him and I've been committed to him. Then guess what? I'm going to trust in that. That's what we should hold on to. That's why we should give thanks each and every day. And that's why when we come on this Thursday, yes, it may be what the world says, the nation says, is a day of thanksgiving. But for me and for you, for the church, each and every day, we can give thanks because this is who God is. It doesn't stop and start on one day of the week, but 365 days of the year, each and every day, we can give thanks because we recognize who God is. We recognize that his steadfast love doesn't cease. We recognize that he is faithful. We recognize that he is good. So we can continue to rest in trust trust and believe and hope in him, not to the things that we have seen, which are temporal, but to the things that are unseen, because those things never pass away. So we give God all of the praise that we have a reason to give thanks. And it was all because he afforded us the opportunity that we could repent. It wasn't because of us. Come on, brother. It wasn't because of us, but he gave us the opportunity that we could repent and turn away from our sins and turn to him in saving faith that we could believe that he is. Think about that. He didn't even make us jump through all the kind of hoops that we make each other jump through. Get it, get it, get it. We will make ourselves work for each other's forgiveness. But he says we are saved not by works. We're saved by grace through faith and some of us will be like well that's not going to change my today that changed everything that changes everything because now we have that hope that we're living to live again as the old church would say that we're living to be that that when we finally see him face to face, we could we could uh, 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 do Psalms 100 in person Amen, in the face of the true and reigning king mm-hmm. that we could enter into his presence, that we can make a joyful noise, that we could celebrate who he is, that we could worship him in his true glorified presence. What a blessed hope we have and what a reason we have to be thankful. Let us pray. Precious and all wise God, we give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor. Lord, we just continue to thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, precious Lord, 
that you gave us your word. And you tell us that your word is good for teaching. Your word is good for sound doctrine. Your word is, your word is good for correction. Your word is good. You gave us your word, Lord, so that we could know you. And we are just so grateful for once again, that's just you continuing to show your love for us. Our prayer, Lord, is that as we enter this holiday season, Lord, that we not look at and focus on what the world will have us focus on, but that we will focus on you. And as we focus on you, Lord, recognize that not only is this the season for Thanksgiving, but each and every day, Lord, we could be thankful because it's all because of you that we have a relationship with you, the true and living God. We give your name all of the praise, all of the glory, and all of the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.